Hey guys, it's Thomas. How's it going? I know it's been a couple weeks. I have some announcements for you. This Sunday, November 12th, Niagara Moon is playing at the High Dive in Fremont. Along with the band Moraine, we are opening for this guy that you'll be listening to today, Michael True. It's going to be a very special night. It's Michael's album release show for his solo debut, Waiting in the Wings. It's also going to be the very last show Niagara Moon plays as a five-piece band. We are splitting up amicably. I've just been wanting to change up my approach to live performance, and some members will be leaving the area soon anyway. So we're going to go out with a bang. Doors are at 7 o'clock, show starts at 8 o'clock, and Niagara Moon will be taking the stage at about 9 o'clock. Tickets are $8 in advance and $10 at the door. The show is 21+. plus. I included a link to get tickets in the show description for this episode. Do not miss it. If you do miss it, though, uh, we will actually also be playing that following Saturday night, November 18th, at the Parliament Tavern in West Seattle. Uh, that'll just be myself, my harmony vocalist, Huimin, uh, maybe our guitarist, Kevin. We are opening for the very cool bands High Crime and Moon Temple. That show starts at 9 p.m., and uh, we will be going on at said time. Tickets for that show are $5 at the door, and again, it's 21 plus only. There is a link in the show notes to RSVP. Hope to see you soon. You're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. For episode 42, we have Michael True. Michael is a tremendously versatile singer-songwriter, originally from the Seattle area. In his formative years, he studied raga and classical Indian music. He later formed the band Autumn Electric, releasing five albums and touring nationally numerous times. Uh, In 2016, however, Michael signed with Natural Cut Records to record his debut solo effort, Waiting in the Wings, which comes out November 12th. Before we hear the interview, though, I'm going to play you a song of his now called Secret of the Sea.
So are you from this area originally? Yeah. I was born in Linwood. Okay. It's <laughs> pretty darn close. Yeah. Grew up there too? Uh, yeah, I actually grew up in Lake Forest Park. And then um, after you graduated high school, did you still stay in the area for college and stuff? Or? Mm, yeah. I, mo- I moved around, like, pretty much lived in, like, every part of Seattle. Okay. And North Bend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. During the time that you were going to college, or you didn't, you mm, yeah, mostly kind of during my twenties, I guess. So I think I went to like four colleges. Really, you went to four <laughs> colleges. For, you know, just like community career. college. So you just keep like, I just I moved a lot. I don't yeah. know why. Didn't want to settle on one one place. Yeah. Were you studying music? Yeah, I was. Uh, back then, it was mainly uh, I was kind of into ethnomusicology. So so traditional music from different countries? Yeah, yeah. Mostly, I was like super into Indian music. So what got you into Indian music? What was your introduction to that? Um, I think I just liked st- stuff based on a drone. 
you know, and like there's a lot of that sort of thing in rock music mm-hmm. and then certain rock songs. And then, of course, like you think about George Harrison and the Beatles yeah. and like his connection. And then you start listening to traditional Indian music and it just goes on and on and on. It's like stuff that you'd never imagine based on what you already know. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, it just works on a completely different principle than a lot of Western music. Yeah. I would guess, yeah. So the the Beatles, the the trippy Indian songs were uh-huh. <laughs> part of your initiation into that. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah I also, uh, I really like that song by Zeppelin called Kashmir. Mm. And, it's got but, kind you of know, just anything with the drone, too. so. Yeah. Uh, you were studying this sort of music at four different colleges and mm. or did it take you a while to decide that's what you really wanted to focus on i don't know it was, it was pretty quickly and it, it wasn't that like that i was taking a bunch of classes for that but i just was pursuing like a general music degree at first okay and i wanted to uh take vocal lessons mm-hmm. and they said just find a teacher and uh well like give you credit for it oh yeah yeah and so i I met dude off campus yeah yeah and i met a woman uh who moved here from india and she had been uh training all her life in like indian classical and pop and so i just kind of started to follow along with all the stuff she wanted to teach me so wow so you learned how to sing that kind of stuff yeah a little bit it's you know it's like you really have to put your mind into a different place a little bit and go for a different sound than Mm -hmm. maybe you were trying to previously to like to sound good in the other kind of music right it's a completely different approach to to singing to what melodies are all the the tones in between the notes right that we don't think of over here and stuff but uh so what was your first instrument though where how did you start playing music in the first place probably like keyboard was the first thing um like organ and piano mm-hmm. and I'm one of those people that like as soon as I put my hands on instruments I started to write songs mm. for whatever reason so you didn't start playing and just want to learn like classical pieces or something you s- immediately saw it as like a, a tool for creativity yeah I mean I, I think I, I think I was taking lessons to start off so I did start like uh, playing songs but it was like that wasn't like my main interest right right um so it's one of those things where like i feel like some people start to learn how to play and they build up a lot of skill right away and then go Mm -hmm. from there right whereas i built up like five percent skill and just started writing just enough technique (laughs) to start noodling around yeah yeah Yeah. would you be singing too in these early creations Yeah. Yeah. yeah do you remember any of the songs you came up with in the early days uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I've got like some cassette tapes back home, you know. I've had this discussion like with some other friends that are like right around the, the same age as me that like the evolution of like when I was 15. Yeah. It's like really easy to get your hands on a four track recorder with a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And then then it just went from there. Yeah. Cool. What was inspiring you back then? What were your big influences when you're before the Indian music thing? Who were your your guys before that? Uh, I'd say probably like 
at first it was like a lot of the 90s rock stuff. Okay, so you and came I grew up, up in Seattle that, and, that area. You know, all my area. friends were into that stuff. And um, th- what was really funny was like, I'd say in high school, there was like these two really distinct camps of people. And basically you were either into stuff like Nirvana or Metallica. Oh. And they're very two very different ways to play guitar. Huh. And people kind of gravitated to one or the other and would kind of make fun of the other. It's kind of like mods and rockers. Something, yeah. 60s English or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's the music that was the thing during the 80s and then the movement that came along at the end of that that was kind of trying to knock that off course. So I could see why there'd be that right. competition, the old guard and the new. Why were you drawn more towards uh, the grunge thing and Nirvana and you like something a little softer, a little more sensitive. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, didn't, think, I didn't think of that stuff as soft and sensitive. I mean, like, I know, like my introspective parents maybe. really did not like listening to it. <laughs> you know, those like screaming and yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, I really wanted to to be able to sing like Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. But later on, I realized that like trying to like I tried to sound awful the way that. He sounded awful, not yeah. realizing that he could also sing very well right. at the same time. So I just emulated the the bad part about it. And maybe I'm making this up, but the way he sang, was it like he sang that way because he had intense stomach pain or singing that way gave him intense stomach pain? Either way, you probably don't want to be <laughs> associating yourself with it if you have a choice vocally. I mean, I think he sang the way he did because he was really angry and he would just push his vocals to the point where you know he was losing a lot of the control of it but like when you're a teenager and you're just learning how to sing like being able to control your voice in the first place yeah is, that i'd takes say time. go for that first yeah and then <laughs> embellish and then yeah. add your spice to it yeah but uh, eventually you were taking vocal lessons and stuff right during your time at college and then uh, you graduate um, I actually didn't get that far. Okay. So. But you, you <laughs> took what you needed from, uh, those yeah, experiences I, I, yeah. and s- started working with it. So do you like, uh, you formed a band yeah, at that point? Few, yeah. Cool. So what, uh, what was the big project that stuck around then? Well, I was in a couple of progressive rock bands after college. I, I guess like in college, I started to take classical piano type lessons mm-hmm. and then I made friends with people that they were all into progressive rock. Okay. And like yeah. being able to play classical piano translates into progressive rock really well because yeah, like yeah. you're just a lot of like, arpeggios. Yeah, and... yeah, stuff like that. Um, so I did that for a while, and um, and then I'd kind of bounce between that and just playing like acoustic folk music. So I was always kind of doing both of those. And where were you incorporating the uh, the raga? The Indian influence, um, or that came later. Yeah, that that kind of came later because it was funny that my teacher would always say you should incorporate this into your songwriting, and it never happened. I always just like was doing one thing or the other uh, thing, huh. and then years later, I was writing this like really long piece of music, and there's all these different sections and. And I didn't think like, oh, this is Indian. Like one 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 part of the song has this big drone and it has like a, 
they call it the uh, I think the Egyptian or sand scale, but okay. like so a Middle Eastern sounding yeah. scale and um, like cashmere or something. Yeah, and so it, it had all these different segments, and then I realized later on when listening to the whole piece that that there were some big sections that were built around a drone. Yeah, and there was parts where I was singing scales slowly over it and doing the kind of scales that one of the scales is like I only found in Indian music so far and I hadn't done it intentionally but I came back and listened to it and I was like oh okay I wrote this 20 minute song and there's sections of it near the beginning where I'm doing something you do at the beginning of a raga and then it builds up and I go through the melodies and at the end we're doing this like really intense section and coming back to the the melody and then improvising and it was very much it was almost like in theory it was kind of like a raga hmm. but so it just kind of not happened. really <laughs> yeah yeah your own spin on it just kind of emerged yeah it's like if I just feel like when all the information goes into your head and time goes by and eventually it's all going to fuse into something yeah without thinking about it so no that's cool yeah and now I remember I saw your band play at the Sunset Tavern, oh, geez, almost a year ago now. But uh, oh, yeah. I remember there was definitely one song that was like a 10-minute raga oh, yeah. jam freakout. That was yeah. pretty cool. Um, I was very struck in general by how you mix so many different musical elements and genres into like one show. And you did a sure. pull it off pretty well. <laughs> so you're just, at this point, you're just kind of cherry picking from a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just whatever, like turns you on or keeps you interested and um I've definitely been in bands where we kind of had a more specific sound that we would go for um but I feel like gradually it's gotten more variety to it where nowadays it's like I want to go into total variety song by song yeah yeah whatever explore as much as you can yeah and so your debut solo album Mm-hmm. Waiting in the Wings. When's that coming out? Right. Um, oh, yeah. Duh. That, so that's the same the day. The show as, date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All, all together. Yeah. So I'm opening yeah. for you then. That's going to be a blast. Um, so how long did that take to put together? Mm, I feel like roughly like 10 months to do. Okay. Yeah. It's so not the most overarching time intensive <laughs> recording it's, process. It's but. way longer than I've ever taken really? to make an album. Yeah. Like from writing to mm. well it's hard to say like how far back the writing stretch yeah yeah some of some of the songs on this record like i think are like 10 years old okay so just recording was just recording oh yeah I get, all right so that's a different beast then yeah yeah so what uh prompted you to finally put out a solo effort now after years and years of gigging and recording and well i was in a band for like eight years before making this record and kind of at some point everybody just decided to stop doing it and was that a band you put together or yeah okay so that was your project yeah okay and that was called Uh, the autumn electric autumn electric yeah Um, so yeah we did that band for seems like a really really long time and we put a lot of time into it, and then it uh, it's just so much hard work. 
it's kind of taxing. Keeping a band together, that's yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> its own set of challenges. So you recorded a few albums with that. And so how do you feel that uh, this new album is different from uh, all the work you did with Autumn Electric? Well, I think the main thing is it's different approaching a recording project on your own as opposed to with a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing is that usually uh, in a band, even if like one or two people write a song, everybody else writes to Their the parts. song and arranges it. And to a big extent, you show up to record and everything, you're just going to record it as is. Mm-hmm. You might add a little bit of stuff to it. Yeah. Um, so this time around, I thought maybe I'd make like an acoustic record because I was thinking like, oh, here I'm playing these songs and this is how they sound like. And... But I'd already started to collaborate with some people, so I thought, okay, they're all going to play on it. And mm-hmm. But then I started to add and add and add a lot of things. And it's just, I think it's hard not to like want to add as many things as you can. Yeah, see what happens. Just because like you want it to sound the way it sounds in your head or whatever. And um, what I found is like as a solo artist, like you need to make all those decisions on your own. And you need to find all the different people to play yeah. and then put these things on one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, although I could have like tried to record us all in a room at one time, but it was actually way easier to do it one person at yeah, a time. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the approach I usually use. Yeah. So you uh, felt less like one part of a bigger musical entity and now you're just like the director. Sort of, basically. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have more yeah. creative control. Yeah. Yeah, and for I mean, better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got like some orchestral elements going on. It's a big mm-hmm. sound just on the stuff I've heard so far. Right. And I would say that along with like deciding what to do on every song, um, the everyone that I collaborated with, like there was a lot of other people writing different parts for things or uh, there's one song where... Uh, my wife arranged like three woodwinds oh. for a song awesome. and then uh, arranged them and then played each woodwind uh, one by yeah, one. Yeah. And, and then you get the finished product of like this trio. That's really fun. Yeah. yeah so Overdub everything like that. So what is your, um, your creative process like though, typically? How does a, a song start for you? Is I'd say method I or? hear it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I feel like generally any any song I've ever written is like I just hear it in my head and mm-hmm. I keep hearing it and then I just want to want to put it down somewhere. I'll either pick up the guitar or the piano and start 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 to like hash it out and yeah. it's it's always interesting in between like hearing it in your head and then trying to play it on an instrument and trying to figure out chords that go with it because the chords that you put under the melody you hear might drastically change the end product of Mm -hmm. the song. Change the feel of it, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but I think that always, that part always makes the song more interesting because you can kind of spice it up and be like, well, I could play it with these five chords or I could play with these other five chords or I could split the difference or... It quickly becomes something you couldn't have predicted. Right. Just thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. How do you uh, deal with lyrics? Is that something you take too easily or are they a struggle? 
I guess, is there any uh, particular lyrical concepts with uh, Waiting in the Wings? Is there any sort of theme going on? Or Well, there's a lot of different songs, and they weren't all written at the same time. So, uh, But I'd say maybe at least half of them were written at the same time. Some of the lyrics deal with um, the, the band that I was in before. Mm-hmm. We went on this kind of long tour yeah. before we had broke up. And so, so sometimes I write lyrics about, you know, just different, I call them adventures or whatever that mm-hmm. I've been on or like things I learned. And so the tour we went on was like a pretty long, weird trip. And really? how long? Uh, it was two months. Wow, that is, so, that'll do it. <laughs> you went around the whole country? Or? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. And it's funny because the one before that, I think, was maybe six weeks. And then before that, we did some, like, two-week ones. And Okay, baby steps. I think it, I think it never seemed that, like, I, you know, I'll watch documentaries about, like, these bands. And they're they're on tour for, like, 18 months and things. And you think, oh, they're crazy. You know, I'm just going for two months, and that's not crazy. Um, but the other day I was kind of looking at this listing of where we played and I thought about it day by day by day by day. And I was like, oh, that's so long. (laughs) How did, how did this happen? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But, um, so I, I kind of wrote some things about that trip and then some other things about where I was at the time. And then I covered one of my friend's songs and re-recorded some really old songs. So this is a sort of like yeah. weird hodgepodge of like of songs. Um, and the album I did in the band before that was a uh, hour-long sci-fi progressive rock concept album. And so I was going to not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to just like... It's a one-time only endeavor. I mean, maybe... Uh, yeah, so probably one time only for that exact thing. I okay. Don't, yeah. Wow. So what were some of the highlights and then just some of the stuff with the tour that was too much? Like what, how, uh, how much of a trip was it? Um, so, I mean, I, I think it was like 10,000 miles or something. You know, it was like once you do a loop around the country, it's you put in that many and you're not going on a straight line. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to the city, that city, detour here. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Lots of there. detours. <laughs> wow. So how many people in the band? Uh, let's see. There was five. That's a, that's a decent group. And then we had a guy band. that would do lighting. So uh, six. So there, yeah, there were six. Six people in a van. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> what were uh, some of the best places to play? What were the, some of the, the most exciting performing experiences this was a while ago okay so <laughs> and there was a lot of shows so a few it's hard, years it's ago, hard yeah. to like pinpoint everything um i mean there, there's a few places that we played at more than once and so coming back to them and seeing the same people was always great okay cool um, yeah so i'd say generally that would would be the best occasions there was there was one time i think we played with like a t- open for this like 12 or 13 piece band and they were just totally crazy and <laughs> it was a lot of fun you know they went all out yeah yeah wow no but it's it's good when you can start making some deeper connections it's not just a mm-hmm. bunch of strangers every night yeah right do you 
prefer performing to recording or songwriting, or they all have their their place for you? Yeah, I think I like them all. I might, I might actually like performing better than recording, just in that like, just get really nervous recording. Oh, you know, because you're just like pressure. you want you want it to be so good, and then you do you do a take and it's pretty good, but then you're like, no, it can it's be a better. Pretty good take. No, it can be better, yeah. and it it can just like go on and on, and so it's like I've always kind of relied on another person being there to be like. No, that was that was good enough. Producer, that was the yeah. one. Blah blah blah. I think performing's great, you know. It's more spontaneous. Yeah. In the moment. You know, and it's like you make mistakes and yeah. you like you try something that you didn't try at the last show. And um I was gonna say like yeah. um one interesting thing is like since doing the band I was in yeah. and making this record and then uh playing in various groups like uh and actually, like, when I go play, it's, it's basically the same people that come out and play with me mm-hmm. every time. You uh, got a crew. You have a crew, yeah. Um, and I haven't really had to, like, do shows without people. I mean, sometimes, like, one person can't do it or two people can't do it. Right, right. Um, but one interesting thing in, like, recording a solo album is you can kind of, like, ask anybody to come play and it's not like, it's not like, oh, they're not in the band. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just felt like the, last, no couple, club. the, the kinda... last couple band records we did, it was almost like you wanted to achieve the final sound just on your own. Mm. And so you just think about who can do what in the band. Yeah, you have to very... be that self-contained unit. Right. Um, and not not that I think bands have to be like that, but it was kind of... I think what we shot for because we wanted to sound the same on stage mm-hmm. as in the studio. Um, but then making a solo record, you just like, you totally throw that out the window. And then, but it kind of opens up like, oh, I could ask so and so, and I could ask this person, and like, um, just for very specific things that, you know, you know that they like to do, and you ask them to come in and do mm-hmm. it. And, um, so it's I, I feel like my sphere or whatever has sort of been expanding to just like uh, get to collaborate with a lot of people and which I think is great and it makes me like really happy and so yeah it helps you be more excited about the music you know if you've put out a fair share of albums at this point you don't want them to start blending into each other or sure <laughs> to feel like you're repeating the same ideas or something sure know, bringing in those. Those fresh sounds, those new people, that can be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So. What have been some of the uh, most, musically speaking, like the craziest performances you've had, like the wildest things you've tried out? Oh, like in a, in a show? In a show, yeah. Like doing a show? Yeah. The, the album I was talking about, the sort of uh, uh, sci-fi So the, the one right before album. this upcoming uh, solo album. Yeah, the last one right before that. The last one with the my old band. Um, basically we put together a show that to kind of visually express mm-hmm. what we were playing. Lasers? Uh, I don't think there were lasers, but uh see I uh, <laughs> I'm a really big fan of like uh Genesis and okay. other yeah. sort of older bands and um 
at one point they had done a show where they used uh, uh, projected imagery and not just like, like a lot of bands will do like psychedelic projected imagery and it'll just like go on and on and on and do this and that. And, yeah. Or, or even just like video or random stuff. And so we were doing a story and I wanted the imagery to specifically follow the story. And so there was somebody there changing the imagery on cue with the lyrics as the show wow. went and also cueing like lighting swells in and out and that was, was your sixth guy that yeah was that the was the guy. sixth guy and they were really important you know and um so i did that and i had various costumes that i would wear what kind of costumes uh so one one person was a, a star being and so it was this like big dramatic like robe costume and uh then there was like a boy and a scientist and i think a, a, a pilot yeah there there was several that i went through <laughs> sounds like a movie yeah that's sort of the idea you know so kind of adding that visual component or that conceptual component that's something that really interests you too then yeah yeah so is, is there anything what can i expect with uh the show coming up on November 12th. Um, is it more of a casual affair? Yeah, I mean, at least as far as that stuff. This time around, we're, it's like there's going to be our seven-piece band on the stage, which is all kind of a lot already. Yeah. And, um, it's twice what it usually is. Yeah, right. And then we're going to have some uh, guest players, like a French horn, two saxophones doubling on clarinet and then two violinists and one violinist that's always in the band. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, so like you were saying, like there's some symphonic stuff on the record. So we wanted to just play that in person. Wow. And then we actually took a couple of my older songs that were sort of more on the prog rock side mm -hmm. and then, uh, uh, arranged that for all these extra instruments. Um, so this time around, like, more just, like, spending a lot of time trying to hone this sort of, like, big element musically. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, like, I mean, probably months down the road, I might try and do something weird visual to it. But Nice. So that, yeah. that sounds really exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to to hear this. Yeah. I'm All the new pretty, songs. Pretty and, excited about it. Yeah. yeah, it should be a blast. All right, well, thanks very much for coming over. Yeah, thanks. All right, that was Michael True. Apparently when we had the interview, it was uh, his birthday, but I did not find that out until later. I guess he keeps that sort of thing under wraps. But anyway, if you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Find the podcast on Facebook at Talking About the Passion. I am also on Twitter at TATP Podcast and on Instagram at Niagara Moon Music. If you want to write to me with any suggestions, questions, or comments about the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Eating Peaches off of my 2017 album Eating Peaches. Coming up, we have one more song from Waiting in the Wings. This is called I'm Your Television. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you in a couple weeks.
Yeah.